and a happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there listening to the Blitz this evening. Simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. And yes, Charlie Brown, it is Thanksgiving. Usually try to pick something get you pumped, but not this week. Just getting you ready for Thanksgiving. Well, I'm hungry. I am too. Did, did you bring the turkey with you? I didn't. You know, Neil, in all of our years of doing the show, I, I never believe we did a show pre-Thanksgiving. It's always after Thanksgiving, it always seems. And we come in here in a food coma. <laughs> That's probably true. And then we're going on right before Neil Brown comes on. This is So we get our two cents in before we really find out what's going to take place against TCU. It is a very interesting day, isn't it? Yes. And then we got Mountaineer basketball for you yes. later tonight. Yeah. It's a full day of Mountaineer sports we here on Preston County's Mountaineer Station. I am your host, Chris Westfall, alongside Neil Waldeck, Kelly Gamble, and Aaron Host. Just like to say that the leader has been caught. Yes, just a little bit there, wasn't he? Yes, he was getting cocky. He was picking his dinner location. And then he was taking a lot of bye weeks to yeah, I thought Yeah, I thought he was watching film, but unfortunately let a week get away from him last week as he went 6-5. and five. ESPN failed me. Yeah, that ESPN app. Gotta have a mind of your own, man. To be honest, I actually picked them like late last minute, and I was uh, like, and then I was like, when I came in here today, I was like, I'm gonna go back to old reliable, back to ESPN, and I, I'll go back to the lead after this week. No I, excuses. I will tell you this much. I gotta have because you weren't here last week, and Neil and I were wondering what in the world you were thinking taking Temple over Cincinnati, but then Temple almost beat Cincinnati last week. I, that was that was the biggest nail-biter, because me and Neil's talking about it all week. Man, Aaron Aaron took Temple. Aaron, that just doesn't even sound right. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there watching the game Saturday night, and I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. <laughs> what happened last week, guys? Oregon, Kelly's team all year, gets knocked out of the playoff picture. <clears throat> Opens uh, it up for the Big 12. Opens it back up for the Big 12. We'll talk college football playoff coming up here in a little bit. Guys, i got to tell you, I'm a little disappointed at everybody today. Come in here, hear everybody talking, but none of the talks about TCU. It's about the basketball game last night. Is everybody ready for basketball season? I think we are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for next year's football season. If you think about it, the, the basketball team's off to a 5-0 and start. That's great. They almost threw it away last night. They did, but it showed you what kind of team they have. They fought back. so They look bad. They did. They ba- They look bad. But like you said, they never quit. Right. The good thing was they played excellent defense though, the entire game. Yeah. yeah. And they are playing excellent defense. I mean, holding sure. teams down, what, I think teams are averaging right around 60? Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Not too bad. Bob Huggins might have him something. Remember, Mountaineer basketball comes your way tonight, 8 o'clock pregame time, 8.30 tip-off from Cancun, Mexico, and the Cancun Challenge will be taking on Wichita State, the Shockers. Should be a good game. Interested to see that. They almost shocked the world one year. They did almost shock the world not too long ago. Not too long ago. They almost ran the tables. I was rooting for them that year, but... Hey, and talking about shocking the world, 
How about Stephen A. Austin last night? Uh, I know. What an upset there, right? Knocking off Duke. Stephen, Stephen A. Austin, or is it Stephen F. Austin? Which Stephen one? F. Austin. Stephen F. Austin. Yes. I got the wrong Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Duke had won 130 non-conference games at home in a row. And they lost by a last-second layup on a steal. Um, wasn't Stephen F. Austin the team that beat us when yes. we were a three seed in the tournament? Not That's too, correct. Not too many years ago. Different coach. But... Yeah. Different coach, different team. Just yeah. same old tricks, though. Yeah. Same but old tricks. But it just tricks. shows you... Uh, Chris, uh, in basketball, in college basketball, how much parity there is. You can't say, well, this is going to be our number one team, and then they're there the whole season. You're finding that there is a lot of parity in college basketball, and I think that's where college football is, is going in that kind of a direction. To a certain extreme. To a, to a certain extent. I, I don't know if you'll ever not have those four, five, six dominant teams that just hang around. They might not be the same but, dominant teams. But you take a look, uh, Chris, though, you know, Alabama has been the dynasty here for the past several years. They've been the team that yeah. has, you know, been either in the championship or they, they've won the championship. Alabama's been in the playoff every year that yeah. we've had a playoff. And so now, Will they be this year? I, I don't think so. And, that, and, and they may not make it this year. So you could start to see a swing here. You could. Because of the parity that you're starting to see in college I football. think you saw a swing when Clemson manhandled them in the playoffs, in the championship True. game last True. year. I, I think that's when you saw the swing starting. And the thing with Nick Saban is he cannot continue to have these coaching staffs that every single year they up and leave. He replaced his whole coaching staff again this year. He can't continue to do that. Speaking of dynasty, we haven't even really talked about Clemson all year. It's kind of funny. I know. I mean, they're lurking. They're becoming a dynasty themselves. They are, but what hurts Clemson this year, and we'll get more into this with our playoff talk, is the weakness of the ACC conference over the last last two years. Going in against Alabama, I mean. They're a good football team, but these other. They have the defense this year, they had last year. No, they don't. And they've these other teams are so much more challenged. Maybe not so much Alabama this year, and it's going to end up hurting them. Guys, we're completely off topic already. Oh, no. Sorry no, about that. We we've got <laughs> we got to wrap up last week. West Virginia searching for their fifth win of the season, um, going in and on Senior Day playing a decent Oklahoma State team who. Had to work with a backup quarterback last week. Of course, that came after our show aired, so we didn't even know. Um, So the big thing was slowing down old Chuba Hubbard. He only ran for 100 yards. That's below his average, but they couldn't stop him also in the passing game. Puts up over 200 yards of total offense. Offensively, again, we could not run the ball. Um, 26 yards rushing last week. Um, and he couldn't first force turnovers. The, that's the two things that I saw that was different from the Kansas State game. He couldn't force the turnovers and the lack of running game. I'd like to get your guys' thoughts real quick on last week's game. We'll start with Neil Waldeck. Well, Chris, I didn't see intensity. I thought that we were going to see a lot more intensity from this team, knowing that their backs were against the wall, that, that uh, if they were going to win, uh, try to go to a bowl game, that they were going to come out. What I saw was they was half asleep, especially mm. the first possession wow. of the game. They come out, they go three and out. 
And then Oklahoma State, with a backup quarterback, just marches right down the field yeah. and scores the touchdown. It was like, uh, well, if we win it, we win it. If we don't, we don't. We're here. I, I just didn't see the intensity I thought that they would bring, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Defense. I thought that they would do a lot better and shut this quarterback down. Actually, they let him, uh, I thought, uh, played per- pretty well as a, as a quarterback, a backup, even though he is a veteran, but he is from Hawaii. Were, were we watching the same game? Yeah. We, uh, we, we, held, we held Oklahoma State to under 300 yards of total offense. We did, but still, <laughs> we, al- we didn't play with the intensity that I thought oh, that my they goodness. should be. And uh, for a team that was against the wall, I didn't see it there. Season low for Oklahoma State on offense. But, uh, but Oklahoma State's not that good. We should have oh, beat them. They're, they're an 8 3 team. We should have beat them. Chance to beat Oklahoma this week. Kelly Gamble, did you see the intensity? Do you agree with Mr. Neil Waldeck here? I thought defensively we played well. I mean, overall. I mean, the fact that the quarterback did have experience at Hawaii, I mean, he. So he didn't do anything basically like Deggy did. He yeah. came in and he didn't do anything to hurt him. So, but defensively, I thought we played well overall. I thought we bent but didn't break a lot of times on defense. But uh, I thought the intensity wasn't there on the offensive side of the ball. And I, I would go ball, with that. You're never going to have an intense offense when you can't run the ball. So, uh, Deggy, I think the only thing that I saw with Deggy this week, he held on to the ball a little too long at times. I thought he should have got out of the pocket a little more and, and again, got rid of the football. We talked about that with Will Greer last year. But uh, other than that, I mean, they, they was in the game. And I would like to talk more, really, Chris, about the, the non-touchdown call. Oh. Which, yeah. which, if that would happen at the end of the game, now we're in field goal range. Now we're kicking a field goal, possibly, to go to overtime. So, that's you know, we was right in that game. We had a chance to win this game. And you're talking about, uh, was it Sean Ryan or was Sam it James. Sam James? The, the, you're down if anything above the shoe touches. His ankle is down. And I think everybody's under the assumption that it has to be your shin. It's your ankle. His ankle's touching the ground. And I think that is what the official saw. I'd have to look at it again to yeah. see the ankle. But the I, ankle I just... is down. And I, I think that w- would have been the explanation because I know Coach Brown says he wanted to reach out about that call. I think they're going to explain it to him that his ankle is on the ground. It's the bottom your line is, ankle, not when you're on shin. the one-yard line first and goal, I don't mm. care. There's still no excuses. You, you should have scored. In. And when you can't get a yard, uh, Deggy says he was in on both of his attempts whenever he was in his interview. You know, when you're in a pile like that, you, you got officials yeah. that's not right there close to it. I don't know. I couldn't yeah, tell. Yeah, you, you can't tell, and there's no use to replay it because no, if you're in a you group of guys, you can't see where the ball is. But but, but it is still. hard to believe that you're on the goal line, basically, and can't push it over and the goal line. And then they get a penalty on third down yeah. and push it back five yeah. yards. And, I mean, that was the lack of – I mean, you got to score when you're on the one person goal. <clears throat> Aaron Host, welcome back, by the way. I'm glad to be back. I uh, decided to take a rest on my bye weeks and make a comeback. I'm sure I'll make it or actually come back into the lead. But looking at the WVU game, first off, I want to say thank you to my wife for giving me the offer to go to the game. I don't know if that was a trap or not. She told me, she's like, you can go to the game. By the way, last week was my three-year anniversary, the day of the football game, and I'm kind of glad that I didn't go to the football game. I had a ticket to it, and I turned it down. And I didn't go. She wanted me to go. She offered like five times. But I digress. I'll go into the football game. You got to take her. 
It was too cold for her. She didn't want to go. She, I, I, t- I took her to a game a few years ago, and it was the game we came back against Kansas State, and she actually liked that game. It was the first time we beat Kansas since, like, the 30s. So she actually enjoyed that game, but then I took her to the game the week after. It was against TCU, and it was unbearably cold. It was, like, 25 degrees at kickoff, and it just got colder as the night went on. But going back to the Oklahoma State football game, Neil hit it right on the head. I, I didn't see any intensity, and I think it was just a storyline that went along all season. Once we went to the second half, went into the fourth quarter, it just looks like we ran out of steam. Mm. It looked like Oklahoma State, with their veteran leadership, Hubbard, and I, I just thought that's how we lost the game. We did not have no intensity in the first quarter, in the second quarter, and let alone in the second half at all. Give credit to our defense. They've done it all year. They've kept us in most games for the most part, with the exception of the Missouri and the Oklahoma game. But with the lack of intensity, that's what doomed us in that game. Yeah, as you saw it with many of the games, yes, we're a four and seven football team right now. But if those games would have swung either way, we could be very close to being a seven and four football team, if not uh, a five hundred team right now, and already locked up a bowl position. But give credit to Neil Brown. I think this year, no matter what, is a success right now. He got this team to four wins with the injuries on defense, the depleted defense, bringing Deggie in. The question is, this week coming up, is Deggie going to start or are you going to give Trey Lowe his spot? Why would you give Trey Lowe his spot? I, I mean, you already lost the season. You're not going to a bowl game. No. Don't risk injuring Deggie. No, Give Trey no. Lowe his spot no, to see what he's got. No, no, Now, I was against bringing in Deggie, and I was wrong on that. I know for I know for a fact that I am not wrong on you play Deggie. You, you are preparing. And I told you, Aaron, I said that by bringing in Deggie, it is not – it was never – um, his opportunity to save the season. That was never what bringing in Deggie was about. Bringing in Deggie was conceding the season and saying, I'm preparing for next season. And that that's what is going on here. Because it's obvious this guy is going to be your starter heading into week one next year. I, and if he's not, I'm shocked. I saw an editorial out today. I forget what publication it was in. But it says, don't count out Austin Kendall for next year oh, for the starting no, position. No, no. He would, he would have – no. Deggie would have to have he, surgery again. He can challenge uh, for he that can spot. Ch- yeah, it's not going to happen. I don't know if it will go anywhere, but he could, he could certainly challenge uh, uh, as a – as a starting quarterback, and I'm sure that uh, Coach Neil Brown wants uh, challenges uh, at every position he can have. But I think that Daigie is right now leading yeah, candidate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is he our first 300-yard passer of the year so far, or did Kendall eclipse I that think Kendall once? got there once. Kendall had like 359 one game or yeah, something. Those- yeah, he got there once. But I mean, 28 for 38, I mean, I think that's a real good passing completion for what the Mountaineers have been with, accustomed without to. Without a running game, year. it's great. Without, I mean, with no running game, that you know, and no interception, no turnovers. I think Texas that's Tech just game else. actually. Sam James had over two hundred yards receiving, and Kendall actually had in three quarters pretty much, wasn't it? He had three hundred and yeah, well, and fi- he could have been close to five hundred yeah. if he could just get the ball to him. Well, they're yeah. finally so bringing we just, George we Campbell between in. the twenties. All right, guys. Uh, so West Virginia not bowl eligible. Will not get to a bowl this season. They do, however, have another game this Friday where they can end someone's season. They can make TCU TCU have to sit home and watch all the bowl games with us. Okay? That's true. So, 
That's what we'll talk about next. Everybody stay tuned. You're listening to The Blitz on 96.7 K-Country and simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. Love to eat turkey. <laughs> love to eat turkey. I love you. And happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Switch it up the music. We had Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving theme. And now we get the Thanksgiving song from Adam Sandler. I like turkey. Going to eat a lot of it tomorrow. Yes. And the next day and the day after that. Actually, might switch it up and go to ham on Friday. Well, there you go. Anyways. <laughs> and a happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there listening. It is The Blitz on 96.7 K Country. West Virginia preparing. Let's let's just go back and let's talk about everything that's going on here. Of course, we're on at a special time tonight. Coming up at 6 o'clock, you can talk football with the coach. The Neil Brown Coaches Show comes to you live from 6 to 8 this evening from Kegler's Sports Bar and Grill in Morgantown, followed by Mountaineer Basketball, as they will be taking on Wichita State tonight, beginning around 8.30 um, from the Cancun Challenge, the championship game of the Cancun Challenge. And, of course, West Virginia will take on TCU in football. 4.15 kickoff on... Friday, and if my math here is correct, that would put us on the air at 1245. That is correct. On Friday afternoon with all the pregames. Uh, guys, TCU coming into this game, losing a nail-biter to Oklahoma last week, so still needing one win to get to bowl eligibility on the season. A uh, team that comes in, five wins. They've been up and down at times this year. Uh, very defensive team. Of course, they'll always be a defensive team under Gary Patterson. Uh, Neil Waldeck, I'll go to you first again. Your thoughts, West Virginia, TCU, this Friday, 4-15 kickoff. Well, this is, like you said, uh, Chris, I think offensively this uh, team is young offensively. Defensively, they're pretty well sound. And they have had their ups and downs. Uh, uh, their quarterback, uh, what is it, uh, Dugan? Yes. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he's been a, um, a pretty decent quarterback. I mean, he comes in with 15 touchdowns. Uh, he has thrown, what, eight interceptions, I believe. So uh, he's doing uh, fairly well for this offense as a young quarterback. And I think he's only going to get better as as he continues to grow with the system of TCU. And then you've got to look out for their, their running back, uh, Anderson. Uh, this guy can run as well, and West Virginia will have to be ready to uh, to tackle uh, him as a, as a great runner. And defensively, I think they're, uh, like you said, they are good. They're sound. Uh, they've got, I think, uh, Wallow is their leading tackler with 113 tackles. So that's a name that a lot of fans will hear uh, throughout the course of the game. So, you know, this is a game, West Virginia – I know that Coach Neil Brown would like to win. Just to finish out this season, uh, you go 5-7. and seven, uh, You have something to build on if you could go in and knock off TCU. So, 
you know, I, I know West Virginia, it's a short week for them, so they don't get their regular practices that the way they really want to to practice each week, so they know that it's going to be a little different. But uh, we'll see, uh, you know, how West Virginia can uh, do once again uh, on the road at a, in a tough environment such as TCU. Hey, and it's something I've been saying all year that I want to keep in mind. Gary Patterson in these situations always seems to win. He, he always seems to make bowl games. He very rarely misses. Last year with an abysmal team, it was, he won he, two in a row at the end of the year to get to a bowl game, and then they put on that bowl game display with Cal that is still nobody's talking about right. because it was that ugly. But, <laughs> you know, this is a team that has had to fight this year in their last four games, guys. Listen to this. At Oklahoma, they lost by a touchdown. They went. They played Baylor at home and lost in three overtimes. They beat Texas Tech by two points and last week took Oklahoma to the limit, losing that game 28-24 in a game where they were driving to win it when Duggan threw the interception. So it's a battle-tested team that is fighting for bowl eligibility. Kelly Gamble, now everybody's saying we did not play with intensity last week. Neil Waldeck says that, Aaron Aaron Oves says that. Can a Mountaineer team with nothing to play for except ruining TCU's season come out and show intensity tomorrow? Yeah, I think they will. I don't think that Neil Brown will ever have a team that's going to lay down. I just don't think that he has that type of personality, and I think the players will reflect his personality throughout his career and coaching here at WVU as well as anywhere. He's just – I don't see that happening, that they would just lay down and quit because they, they have 22 seniors that still have something to play for as well as the young kids getting uh, – I mean, they just – they want to win, and I think that they'll come out and play hard. Aaron Host, I turn it over to you. Your thoughts, West Virginia, TCU, four fifteen this Friday afternoon. Well, I think the Mountaineers, they're depleted, losing another – I wouldn't say a star cornerback, but a highly rated cornerback in Quantel Reigns. Mm. I don't know how much that's going to affect him. I'm no. sure he would have seen a little bit of playing time in this game with the depleted secondary we do have. And like you said, Gary Patterson, he has his back against the wall. He's known to, almost like Neil Brown, beat teams that he really shouldn't even be in the game with. The type of team Oklahoma has, and they're playing at Oklahoma they shouldn't even been close in that game, but yet they almost upset the number nine team in the nation. And with that being said, with them being so close to bowl eligibility, I see TCU coming out with the fire in their eyes. Um, it's their senior day. They're playing at home. And I just think the Mountaineers, I don't see them spoiling it. I don't think Daggy's going to have the mustard. The running game is not going to be there. And if you look how uh, TCU played last week, they didn't win it. They were, I mean, they didn't lose the game because they couldn't pass it. And they almost won the game in multiple facets. They, they couldn't pass the game. I think Dugan was like 7 for 21 and under 100 yards passing. And that just goes to show that TCU, even if they can't pass it, they can beat you in other ways, and they almost beat Oklahoma. So with that being said, I think uh, Vic Koning has his hands full. TCU is going to give you multiple different looks, and I think it's just going to be uh, – it will be a close game, but I just don't see West Virginia being able to match their intensity. Quantel Reigns um, is entering the transfer portal. 
uh, you know, and I don't know if he made a, made a difference this year, next year, but uh, you know, just another player out there. I think he was brought in to play a position that no longer exists on that defense. I know they were trying to work him in somewhere. He just kind of falls in the middle. Um, interesting bring up there by Mr. Aaron Host. Uh, Oklahoma guys, let's talk about them real quick because here's a team. Yes, they're they're moving up in the ratings. They got brought back into the college football playoff. Guys, they have blown huge leads again. Last week they were up by 21 and let TCU back in it. What is up? With Oklahoma, it, it just makes no sense to me. And we'll talk more about them coming up next segment in our playoff talk. Um, Neil, let's kind of, and I know next week we will uh, kind of wrap up football season. But real quick, okay, let's say the Mountaineers do lose tomorrow. That puts him at four you mean wins on Friday. On Friday, okay. I'm sorry. Tomorrow, okay. it's it's all messed up, Neil. You know that the holidays got you it, worked up. Here. It's the schedule. <laughs> It really is. Um, so if the Mountaineers lose on Friday, puts them at four wins on the year. Uh, you preseason came out and said six, seven wins. Do you consider four wins? What do you consider this season? I, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Well, again, um, you know, probably I felt kind of, I'm going to say I felt down. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, obviously, all of us feel now. Uh, We're coming here thought, today talking about would, basketball. I thought maybe they might have some <laughs> talent there. And I thought, I, I guess my thing was going into the season, I thought we would have a running game. Yeah. And, and you would think that was going to be the strength of the team. Yeah, that's what I thought. And when we didn't develop that, then so so I was kind of disappointed that we just didn't get the running game that we did. So I, I was kind of disappointed uh, because I thought if we could have a running game, and then I was thinking if you could get Daggy to start the season, which he was not because of uh, he had some surgery there, and yet you, you went with Austin Kendall. But I was thinking if you had had Daggy at the beginning of the season, you had a good running game. The season may be kind of like a TCU kind of season, uh, where you're flirting either six and six, seven and five, but it never turned out that way. So to me, a little bit disappointing. Uh, not where I thought it was going to be. What was the one thing you saw this season, Kelly Gamble, that you liked about Mountaineer football? What are you thankful for? What did you see? The defensive line. Okay. All uh, right. I'd say the defensive line has been the probably uh, the best defensive line we've seen in a while uh, over the years. So I think the defensive line is being developed, and I think if they get a few more recruits there. So defensively, I'm very happy that they turned the defensive line loose. The scheme is so much different under Coning as it was with mm. Gibby. So I'm going to say the defensive line was, for me, this year, and special teams overall. Oh, not, yeah, not, special Not necessarily teams. always the, the field goal kicking, but the special teams as a whole mm. has been very good. Punting, you know, the, the punt and kickoff return teams has been great uh, as well. Oh, actually, against the kickoff and punt returns, they've been one of the top they've teams been, in the yeah, country. Yeah, they've covered really one well. One of the top coverage teams in the country both ways. So special teams and defensive line, uh, and we – we developed some depth there, and I think that eventually Coning will have this defense playing well and being one of the top defenses in years to come yeah. in the Big 12. And you look at how many young guys contributed big time on that defense. Young, young talent that had to come in and step it up. And those are guys that are going to be here for two, three, four more years. <laughs> so uh, unbelievable job by Vic Coning. Really taking this defense was one of the worst in the Big 12 
and getting it up to where it needs to be with a lot of young guys. Aaron Host, what did you see out of this season? What you like, what you didn't like, your thoughts on this season? The one thing I loved is just the the mantra that Neil Brown brought into this team. He brought in the trust to climb. It wasn't kind of conceding in the season, but now you see he kind of prepared the fans in just the phrase that the Mountaineers had this season, that it's going to be a tough one. You're going to have to trust this rebuilding process and uh, to, to keep going on, I mean, Vic Koenig, he's done an unbelievable job. With the young talent that he has, you can see it's in the works. The years to come, our defense can be one of the better ones, not only in the Big 12, but I'm predicting one of the top 25 de- defenses in the nation because just how he's just totally rebranded this defense and especially the defense line you saw it when he was with illinois and and the other teams he can take a low level defense to high levels and and i keep going back to the old phrase offense wins you games but defense wins you championships and with the offensive mindset that neil brown has that's just a volatile combination with the talent that neil brown can get I, I i think you can already see it the type of recruiting that neil brown's getting he's already getting better types of talent than previous regimes and i and i do feel a don neal and 2.0-esque feeling with neil brown you just gotta trust this process trust the cultural aspect and another thing i really love about this team and from the writers and the players i've talked to it's all about family here he brings in kind of a unity here and i think that's the reason you've seen so many people transfer is if you are not going to be totally bought in 100 percent to this family to this culture to this football team and not be out there and play your heart out towards the 1.8 million west virginians that watch and root this football team you don't belong here he doesn't care how good you are he cares about how much you care for this football team and I think that's how we will be successful. Not mere by the recruits that we get, but by the heart and passion that we have. Pat White, wasn't he like an unranked person that nobody heard of? And look where he got. And I think Neil Brown is will find a diamond in the rough. Speaking of recruiting, that will be one th- of the things that we talk about here in the upcoming weeks. Just to let you know, we're not closing out next week just because it is the end of Mountaineer football season. We'll still have lots to talk about. We'll follow the Mountaineers through basketball season. We'll take you through National Signing Day, through the bowl games, and so much more. We'll be talking college football playoffs coming up next on the show, so stay tuned on 96.7 K-Country and the Sports Roundtable podcast. As we conclude football season... Our final Neil Waldeck song of the week. Well, we might let him do it some more. Who knows? Yeah, we could do that. I think this one's appropriate, Neil. Do you? I, I do. Thought so too. It's a great way to finish the and not so great season. Right. But it's going to get better. Right. Because we trust the climb. We'll see him again soon. <laughs> Yeah, next August. Season. August comes around before you know it. Well, and then you got spring ball. Yeah, there's spring ball. Yeah, yeah. I think I think people get way too excited about spring football. 
Yeah, well, I mean, but it's just a, a good look at uh, maybe uh, some of your newer talent, some of the ones that you brought in. You know what I think of spring football? I think it is something to give people like us and fans something to talk about. In well, a time, it keeps us going. It keeps us going. <laughs> that's that's it. Gives us something to anticipate. Exactly. I don't know how much you actually see from a spring game. <laughs> I, I, I just yeah, have always a, felt that know, way. The only thing is, is you know, I think a lot of a, a lot of it deals with now. Since you have Kendall and Daggy, that's going to be a battle between spring. There gonna, is no battle between Kendall and Daggy next well, year. But it, it still will be because he's still going to be challenging, and so it's if still there going to be a is a quarterback battle, on it. The, the media will. But if yeah. there's, if well, there, we are the media, I know. <laughs> and if anybody wants to start a quarterback controversy, I, don't I believe. Be. It should be between Deggy and a player that is coming in next season and not so much Austin Kendall. I think Austin Kendall had his shot. I'm I'm with you. I'm just saying, though, that that's what you're going to get a lot of talk. It's it's just the way it is. It's anything to stir up a controversy in any which way. Gives us something to talk about. That's right. Exactly. That that way we have something to talk about when we come in here in the studio and, and talk. Because I think we would be all okay with uh, with Deggy starting. I don't think oh, we. I'm sold. Yeah, I I'm don't sold. think we have an issue. You get that but, guy an offensive line, he's going to do wonders for you, and you get him a running game to match. And mm. I, I, I agree. Uh, mm. But I'm just saying though that the media will stir up controversy because Kendall is still going to be there. And well, stop stirring the pot, Neil. Stop stirring the pot. That's right. You're already doing it. That's what Aaron Host tried to get it started earlier in the show. <laughs> oh, I'm here in Austin Kindle again next because year. That's where you get uh, the, the you get people to tune in. They want to know what's going on. What what you know? Is there going to be a challenge? You know, and then I think Green does uh, come in, and I think he does. Uh, uh, you know, if this guy can really play right off the bat, I can't wait to see what that guy can do. I am too. I'm I, I can't wait. All the hype, all all the videos that you watch online. I, I, you know, I'm just hoping this is a kid that gets here and can put that onto a college field like he put onto a high school field. I, I really do. And so now our thing is is watching recruits and who uh, right, bring, right. Brown brings in. And, and we'll be talking about that national signing day. will be coming up about mid-December, the first one. So we'll be watching the recruiting game. And they'll, they'll get a lot of time to work on that. With, with not having the bowl game, they, they can do some more things that other teams might not be able to uh, that are in bowl prep. So it's going to be a few interesting weeks after the TCU game. And we got basketball stuff to talk about. And we'll be having bowl games in the college football playoff, which brings us to the release of last night's poll. Now, guys, Ohio State did jump to number one last night. They jump over LSU. LSU now sets it two. Everybody good with Ohio State taking the one spot? No. No, from Aaron Host. Kelly Gamble? No, I think LSU probably deserves it. I am, I'm with them, too. Neil, you will in Ohio State or LSU for that no, one spot. I, I believe uh, LSU should have stayed there because of the resume. I mean, again, are we going by a strength of schedule, or what are we going by? I know that 
the quality of work of you know Ohio State, State and this is what they're looking at. Ohio State's beaten three ranked teams. Heck, LSU has beaten four top ten teams at the time. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know how they can justify it. I don't either. Anyway, Clemson's still there at three. Georgia's still at four. Alabama hanging strong at five. Utah jumps up to six with Oregon's loss. Oregon opens the door for Oklahoma to get back in it. Minnesota is not out of this thing yet at the eight spot. Baylor jumps all the way up to nine. Baylor jumps five spots, guys, five spots by beating Texas last week. Finally, the Big 12 gets a little bit of respect. Baylor now a top 10 team. Penn State wraps out the top 10. Uh, very interesting to watch is the race for the one spot in the New Year Six for a non-Power 5 school. Memphis is at 18, Cincinnati is at 19, Boise State is at 20. And another interesting team that can throw a kink into this whole thing is Navy. Navy can play spoiler, okay? Because if if Memphis, I do believe it's Memphis. Let me pull this up. There is, uh, and I was thinking of this last week. I want to get this right. I want to get this right. So Memphis and Cincinnati play each other this week, okay? And we'll pick that game later. If Memphis wins, Memphis and Cincinnati We'll have a rematch again in the American Athletic Conference Championship next week. If Memphis loses and Navy can finish off their season this week with a win against Houston, Navy will play uh, Cincinnati in the conference championship game. Can Navy springboard themselves into that group? It's a very good question. They won a very close one with SMU this past week. So lots to talk about here. And me and Neil kind of set and figured some things out. I have, was it nine or ten, Neil? One, two, nine, nine teams that are still in the college football playoff race. Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Utah, Oklahoma, Minnesota, and I'm even going to include Wisconsin all the way down at the 12th spot. And why so many Big Big Ten teams? Well, Ohio State is locked into the conference championship. The winner of Minnesota-Wisconsin this week will play them next week. So let's say Wisconsin beats Minnesota. That's going to bump them up into the polls. If you can beat Ohio State... In the conference championship game, that gives Wisconsin a way into the playoff. Also, guys, and people might call me crazy, I'd love to get everybody's feelings on this. I cannot find many ways that Alabama makes it into the playoff this year. Anybody want to argue that point? I just think that the tradition right now, sometimes I know they're not supposed to look at that, but if Alabama beats Auburn and and sits there and everybody else loses above them, which Georgia has a good chance of losing. Alabama's sitting at five. Uh, other teams are going to win and, and should jump Alabama because they're not into a the okay. championship. 
Uh, I mean, because they're, let's, they're not going to be. Let's play it this way, okay? Let's say Alabama beats Auburn this week, okay? Alabama will not play in a conference they, they championship not. game no. next week. But if teams okay? above them lose. All right. So let's let's play this out a little bit. Let's say LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Alabama beats Auburn and set it home. And Utah beats Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Does Utah go over Alabama? I think they should. But do they? That's my I question. I think they do. I think they should. But right now where they're sitting, I mean, if you bump them up one, if Alabama just sits there and does nothing, I would be upset if people, because of the rich tradition of Alabama, would allow Alabama to move in. If Utah would beat Oregon, Utah deserves it. Okay. If what Utah if Utah up, loses to Oregon? Utah Does loses it, to Oregon, now you're going to have now, Alabama fans fighting. Now, would Oklahoma jump Alabama by winning the Big Oklahoma, 12 championship? Oklahoma needs to not only win, they need to win and win big. I think they need to win big against Baylor. Baylor gave them a game and should have beat Does Oklahoma. Oklahoma even get past Oklahoma State this week? I, I don't know. I mean, I... I <laughs> Neil, let's let's ask you another question here. I'm going to ask you another question with this playoff. Let's say Georgia beats LSU in the SEC championship game. Do does does LSU still go to the playoff by losing that conference championship to Georgia? I think they do. I think all four of those teams stay where they're at uh, if if they all win. Is there a possibility you could see three SEC teams in this thing? It could be a possibility. Probably not. No? Okay, let's throw it out this way to you. Let's say Georgia beats LSU. Let's say Wisconsin beats Minnesota this week and beats Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. I think Ohio State falls out, and Wisconsin may jump in there. Does Wisconsin jump all the way from 12 over Alabama to keep a third SEC team out? There are a lot of possibilities here. I mean, it it could happen, but probably not. Aaron, this one's for you. (laughs) Virginia Tech and Virginia play each other this week to decide who gets to play Clemson in the ACC championship game. If by one, by a miracle, Virginia Tech or Virginia beats Clemson in the conference championship game next week, does Clemson stay in as a one-loss team out of the ACC conference? No way. That's a, I, I would, that, that'd, be, that'd be blasphemous if they would because you're talking Clemson losing to a team that they shouldn't lose to, and you're looking at like teams like Oregon where they've lost games, but they haven't lost to horrible teams. I mean, you got to have some good record to – I mean, you got to have some talent to beat a very highly ranked team. But if Clemson loses, I would say that opens the door for teams like Wisconsin, Oregon, Alabama. Alabama what is the precedent, like Chris? But if, <laughs> I, I want to know if, what it is. What? I want to know what their precedent is. In the NCAA and, basketball and tournament, we have a schedule. What's his name? Jeff, Jeff Sagrin? But – and I know where you're going with this, Kelly, because strength some years we've been told it's strength of schedule, yeah, but... the body of work. Yeah. Well, if you're breaking down the body of work, Georgia does not deserve to be where they're at now. They have a loss to South Carolina. Uh, there's got to be a formula that they're not using yet. This year, it almost seems like we're going by who you beat instead of who you lost to. And in years past, it's not who you beat, it's who you lost to. It changes almost every single year. Yeah. 
And if that's the case, Oklahoma losing to Kansas State probably shouldn't have a chance. I think Kansas State's a better team than South Carolina. That That's the one that's going to get me, is that Georgia lost to South Carolina. Yeah. And that's got to be compared to something. I agree. At I agree some point in time. I agree to that. I mean, Georgia losing to South Carolina, if you look at losses, so who they lost to, that that's why I'm asking, what is the precedent? They have, to, set really, a precedent. They they have to come up with some type of a formula uh, with a strength of schedule and, and who you beat, the same way they do in the NCAA basketball tournament. They sit for hours and go over this stuff. And they the do, too. They, they do. And, of course, we're getting close to the time, and next week I'll give my whole spiel of why there needs to be an 18 playoff, and I'll throw I it agree out to 100%, you. I 100%, buddy. <laughs> and I'll even have the bracket for you that you can look at and see. tell me how easy it is. But it always does seem to kind of work its way out. And a lot will be decided in these next couple weeks. These games that we're getting ready to pick have a lot going into it. We're moving into our Pick 6 segment. Stay tuned. We'll update you on the... Uh, standings that we have coming into the week. We got two more weeks of the regular season in trying to decide who is, knows more about college football in this room. Take that for what you will. Okay, folks? Grain of salt. <laughs> well, life on the farm is kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country boy like me can't hack. It's early to rise, early in the sack. I thank God I'm a country boy. Hey, we had to end the year football season with a little John Denver. It's just we can't end it with country roads this year. So, here you go. John Denver on the Blitz. Simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. You're also listening to Preston County's Mountaineer Station, 96.7 K-Country. Moving into the Pick 6 segment, where we pick six of the top games in college football. And we got rivalries to talk about. Rivalries that mean something this year, guys. And don't forget to stay tuned on the podcast after this segment. We have one more exclusive segment just for our podcast listeners where we will pick the rest of our picks. Five more games for you on the podcast. So if you're listening on there, stay tuned. If you're not listening on the podcast, you might want to check it out. Okay? Hey, football all... Well, before we do that, hold on. Hold on. I got ahead of myself there one second. Got to reset the standings because our leader lost his lead. Aaron goes six and five last week, dropping three games to myself and Neil. I go nine and two. Neil goes nine and two. Aaron and I are now tied for first. Neil sets three games back, and Kelly Gamble gains a game on Aaron Host as well, going seven and four, putting him eight games behind the leader. A lot can happen in rivalry week, guys. A lot can happen, and we got football for you all weekend long, starting Friday at noon in the Big 12. Texas Tech lost their opportunity to go bowl eligible last week, but they can still beat the Texas Longhorns, and we know any team from Texas wants to beat Texas, right? So Texas Tech gets their opportunity, 4-7. and seven. Texas is 6-5. and five. This game is on Fox Friday at noon. We will start with our co-leader, Aaron Host. Texas, the Longhorns. Longhorns. Your other co-leader, co-leader. <laughs> you got to share it sometimes. You got to share it. 
this week. I'll go Texas as well. Neil Waldeck. Yeah, I, I think Texas Tech, uh, they're, they're simply not that good. We made them look good at one game, yeah. and then everybody's taking, thinking that they're going to beat somebody. They've got I'm, a long way to go still on defense. Yeah, I think so, Defensively, yes. and it's left from the old regime. That's Cliff right. Kingsbury did not care about playing defense. No. Chris Wells is going to have to figure that out. So the Longhorns, I'm going. Kelly. Sweep. Sweep. All Texas, Friday at noon. We move to our first rivalry game. This one is called the Commonwealth the Commonwealth Cup and is played for each year between Virginia Tech and Virginia. This year, the game has even more meaning because the winner will get the opportunity to play Clemson next week in the ACC championship game. Guys, I am going with the Cavaliers. Hey, they're going to chop some turkey heads. That's what Thanksgiving's all about, right? Neil, will you take the turkeys? I'm going with the Cavaliers with you there, Chris. Okay. I think the Cavaliers uh, beat those uh, Hokies. I think the turkeys chase around the Cavaliers, and <laughs> the Gobblers are going to pull this one out. Do you know what a Hokie is? Uh, actually, I don't think anybody's ever given a true definition. I, I honestly believe it's a castrated turkey. A castrated turkey? I believe I it is. I've seen that or I not. believe it is. I, I think I just gave you the definition. Aaron Hest. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, no matter what happens in this game, Kelly is not going to gain a game on me on this uh-huh. one. I'm taking Vautech. Vautech. Two for Vautech, two for Virginia. Let's skip to Saturday now in that big matchup in the Big Ten. 3.30 Saturday on ABC. It is the battle for the Paul Bunyan Axe. Also, with a lot more meaning this year, as the winner will face Ohio State in next week's Big Ten championship game. 9-2 and two, Wisconsin, who I still think has a shot to make it to the college football playoff, taking on Minnesota 10-1, and one, the surprise team of the year, guys. This is the best story of the year in Minnesota. Can they possibly make it to the college football playoff? They still have a shot. Neil Waldeck, who wins Paul Bunyan's axe? Well, I've got the Badgers. I think the Badgers may may escape a win over Minnesota. I think Iowa exposed them a little bit, and I think Wisconsin goes in there and uh, defeats uh, the Golden Gophers. Kelly Gamble. I agree. Wisconsin. Aaron Host. Wisconsin. Man, a sweep. I thought somebody would take Minnesota. I'll take Wisconsin as well. It's been a great year for them. Guys, uh, Wisconsin lost some grounding there with that loss to Illinois. They've kind of picked back up. They play great defense. And who can stop Jonathan Taylor coming out of the backfield? I just don't think Minnesota can. Could be some of the worst weather of the weekend, though. So weather could play a factor in that game. Let's go back to the Big 12 Conference. Iowa State at 7-4, and four, taking on the team that I think was the surprise of the conference this year, them and Baylor. Kansas State came out of nowhere under first-year coach Chris Kleiman. They're setting at 7-4. and four. Who gets the eighth win? This is a very important game because this ups bowl status between these two teams. This could be for that fourth place of the Big 12. Kelly Gamble, Iowa State, Kansas State. Iowa State is looking to win eight games two years in a row for the first time, I believe, in school history. If that's not, if I believe I read that's that. probably I the truth. That, uh, I believe that Matt Campbell gets it done and they beat K State on the road. 
Guys, and then the question becomes, because I have them winning as well, I have Iowa State beating Kansas State, does Matt Campbell stay? That will be the question after this game. Aaron Host. You stole my tagline. I was going to say this could be very well Matt Campbell's, one of his last games coaching for Iowa State, and that's who I'm going with is the Cyclones. And Neil Waldeck. And uh, I like uh, Kansas State in this matchup. I oh, think we get a Kansas State fan. Okay, a sound defense. I think uh, it's senior day for them. Uh, I think they sneak out a win. All right, guys. Out of all the rivalry games and all the names of rivalry games, this one is in my top three. Okay, it is Bedlam between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma trying to keep their playoff possibilities open. They're already in the conference championship next week, but a loss would derail them from college football playoff status. Taking on their rival, Oklahoma State, first, this will be their quarterback's second start now. Um, Can Oklahoma State pull the upset? Let's go to Aaron Host. Negative. Negative. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I will go with the fighting Lincoln Rileys, Oklahoma. Neil Waldeck. I'm with you. I'm with the Sooners. And Kelly Gamble with an upset. No. No. Sweep with Oklahoma on that one. Let's move to our game again. 4-15 Friday afternoon. West Virginia taking on TCU. You can catch all the coverage right here beginning at 1245 Friday afternoon with Tony Caridi on the call. West Virginia, the only thing to play for, guys, except getting ready for next year, is to ruin TCU season and not let them go to a bowl game. Neil Waldeck, coming to you first. Can West Virginia ruin TCU's season? No, I know that uh, Coach Patterson will have his team ready to play. He knows what's uh, at stake, and I think they uh, knock off the Mountaineers. Kelly Gamble. I agree. I'd love to see the Mountaineers win and get that 5-7, and seven, but Chris, if not, you've got the perfect record at the beginning of the year. I wasn't, I wasn't going to bring that up. I did for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> I wasn't you're, going you're to bring it up till next week, so I didn't put a jinx on host. it. <laughs> Aaron Host. <laughs> My heart's hurting. I wanted to pick WVU, but we'll do I, it. I, I just do can't. It. I just can't. I got. I got. I got to win the regular season, <laughs> guys. Uh, close game comes down. I, I think that West Virginia will keep it close for quite a while. At the end of the day, Gary Patterson trying to get to a bowl game is just too much. He will get there. TCU beats WVU thirty to twenty. Everybody, I want you to either switch over to the podcast or stay tuned on the podcast. we got five more exclusive picks coming up for you. There we will wrap up Mountaineer football season next week. We'll start talking basketball season next week as well, right here on the Blitz on Preston County's Mountaineer Station, 96.7 K-Country. Hey, and welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Roundtable Podcast. I am your host, Chris Westfall, alongside Neil Waldeck, Kelly Gamble, and Aaron Host. We've already told you about how close our race is here in our picks for the year as we compete for a free dinner of the winner's choice. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Where will it be? I'm going for chicken. I I know, man, you've you've been plotting where you're going to eat at. I said last year, but I'm making a comeback. I'm telling you, man, you're counting your chickens before they hatch. 
Settle down, Aaron. Settle down. I'm not counting before they hatch, but those <laughs> eggs are in the incubator. Eggs are in the incubator. Uh huh. Okay. Five more games for you exclusively right here on the Sports Roundtable podcast. Guys, we went over earlier the situation that is upon us in the American Athletic Conference. If Memphis beats Cincinnati, there will be a rematch of that game next week in the AAC Championship game. If Memphis loses to Cincinnati and Navy beats Houston, Cincinnati will play Navy next week for the AAC Championship. Now, the the significance of this is the race for that one spot in the Power Six, the the New Year's Six Bowl games, the non-Power Five spot in that. Right now, Memphis is setting in the seat at 18. Cincinnati is 19. Boise State is waiting for somebody to mess up at 20. And Navy could jump into that spot if all three of them go out of whack. All right, Aaron Host, let's start with you. Cincinnati at Memphis, 3.30 ABC on Friday. If Cincinnati was playing at home, I would choose them, but Memphis is, and I'm choosing Memphis. Guys, after what I saw of Cincinnati last week, because I watched that Temple-Cincinnati game, I was not impressed. I, I think Memphis wins easily, and I think they beat them again next week in the AAC Championship. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. Memphis will be that team playing in the New Year's Six come January. Neil Waldeck, let's throw it to you. Cincinnati-Memphis. Uh, I'm with you. I believe Memphis probably is the uh, better team here, so I'm going with Memphis. Kelly Gamble. Clean sweep. Queen, clean sweep with Memphis. Let's go it out to the Pac-12 conference. Guys, this is a tough one to pick. Four o'clock, it's the Apple Cup, which is played for each year up there in the Pacific Northwest between Washington State and Washington. Guys, I'm going to go with just Washington, no state. Will this be Mike Leach's last game at Washington State? will be the question after the game. A lot of rumors floating around about him and Arkansas flirting with each other. Neil Waldeck, go to you. Uh, I think the Huskies' uh, defense is a little bit better. Uh, they hold on to defeat Washington State. Kelly Gamble. Wherever he goes, he needs a defensive coordinator. <laughs> but <clears throat> I think he has enough offense somehow, some way, because they throw it all over the field. I'm taking Washington State. All right. Kelly with the Washington State. Aaron Host. Kelly, once again, you are not gaining a game whether oh, he's I win you. or lose. And I just think the quarterback for Washington State is just too good. And I think Mike Leach is going to show that he is back finally and officially. I think they're going to walk out with a win, Washington State. He's blocking you, man. He's blocking you. <laughs> he's saying he's not going to catch me this week. <laughs> Let's move to Saturday. Guys, some people would refer to this as the largest, the biggest, the most prestigious rivalry in all of sport. The name of it is very simple. It's just plain and simple. The game played each year between Ohio State and Michigan, hosted this year in the big house in Michigan. Can the Wolverines derail the number one team in the country. Ohio State at Michigan in the game. Neil Waldeck. 
I think the Buckeyes hang on. It'll be a tough-fought game. I think they hang on to win. Kelly Gamble. Wolverines over the Buckeyes. An upset. The Wolverines over. Taking Jim Harbaugh. We know how Aaron Host feels about Jim Harbaugh, and I don't think he'll block Kelly on this one. I'm not going to block you on this one, Kelly, but either (laughs) way, you're not going to gain a game on me because John Harbaugh historically is horrible against Ohio State. He has not won since he's came to Michigan since 2015. It is not going to happen again. (laughs) And this one could very well be John Harbaugh's last season. Jim Harbaugh. Jim. Jim. Jim, John. Not John. John's at the Ravens, right? (laughs) Uh, Either one of them I can't stand. So... And unfortunately, the Ravens head coach is going to continue on. I mean, that's that's not that's professional, but regardless. <laughs> hey, guys, I tell you what, Harbaugh, it doesn't matter who he is, Jim John, he's a Harbaugh. He's the head coach of Michigan. If he cannot start finding a way to beat Ohio State, this is going to be the end of Harbaugh at Michigan. He can't get it done this year. Guys, if, if Jim Harbaugh can't get over the hump next year, I I think there's going to start being some troubles up there in Michigan. I'm going to Ohio State. 3.30 on CBS, a game that holds all kind of playoff implications. It is the Iron Bowl between Alabama and Auburn. Auburn's 8-3, Alabama 10-1, setting at 5th in the playoff rankings. They need another win over a top 25 to maybe push them over Georgia. Kelly Gamble, I'll go to you first. The Iron Bowl, Alabama and Auburn. Upset, Auburn. Kelly, uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Host. I'm not thinking this is so much of an upset, but yet again, I am blocking you again, Kelly. If Tua Tagovailoa was starting, I would choose Alabama. But I am choosing Auburn for the pure and simple reason that they are without Tua Tagovailoa and Alabama. Good job throwing out the quarterback there. And that's it's going to hurt Alabama that Tua's not starting. Hey, did you guys see Tua's brother play last week for Alabama? I saw, I saw I one play too. on a highlight. Yeah. He threw a he, touchdown pass. Screen pass on his first play for a touchdown. The Tagovailoa family is going to have a long run at Alabama. Pronounced Tua. Don't matter. Name. It don't matter who the quarterback is. Don't matter if it's Tua. Don't matter if it's Mac. Don't matter if it's Tua's brother. I got the scary stat of the week. And here you go, folks. Since 1989, when they changed the Iron Bowl from being played in Birmingham, Alabama, to alternating between the two schools' home fields back in 1989, okay? Since that time, Alabama has not won at Jordan-Hare Stadium since if both teams are ranked in the top 25. Both teams are ranked in the top 25 this year, aren't they? That's correct. They're playing at Jordan-Hare Stadium, aren't they? They are. Auburn beats Alabama once again. Neil Waldeck. I'm with you. I think the Tigers uh, do escape. I think Alabama has a tough time uh, because I don't know if Mac Jones can handle the Auburn defense. And one last game to pick. Guys, last year this rivalry game was seven overtimes. 154 combined points, making it the highest-scoring college football game of all time. Texas A&M trying to ruin LSU's perfect season. 
Can they do it? Aaron Host. I don't think so, but I pose this question. I may be ridiculous in asking it. If LSU loses this game, does Coach O go somewhere? No. 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 Coach O's good. He, he, he's Louisiana through and through. Uh, the w- thing that would have got, and it wouldn't even have happened this year, if Coach O couldn't get over the Alabama hump, just like we're saying Michigan's needs to get over the Ohio State hump, if he couldn't have got over that within next year, eh, things might have got shaky. But I, I think O's good this year. Um, LSU picks up their 12th victory. Uh, and goes to the SEC championship looking to beat Georgia in that perfect season next year. Neil Waldeck. Uh Yeah, again, LSU Tigers, uh, they roll here. And Kelly Gamble. Sweet. All right. Folks, that is our show for tonight. Make sure you join us next week. We will be wrapping up WVU football season. Uh, we'll review uh, this this past week's game. We'll start talking about basketball season, which I think everybody in the room is ready to talk basketball season. So <laughs> that'll be a plus. Uh, also, we'll have these conference championships lined up for you, ready to go. How much will they affect the playoff? And, of course, all our picks. Thank you so much for listening to the Blitz and the Sports Roundtable podcast. And from all of us here Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoying your holiday, everybody.